Hello, you're listening to Chai Across Generations, a podcast to understand and maybe even bridge the gap between generations of South Asians. This is episode five, all about Chai. This is Nikhil. And this is Shankar. Nikhil, how are you doing? I am excellent today, Shankar. I have my Chai and I'm ready to go. How are you? I'm ready to go as well. So look, we teased in that last episode that we will be talking about Chai and coffee this week. And we're here to deliver good on our promise. Yes, we wanted to do something a little lighter and more fun this week since we started out with some heavier topics like dating and the good life. This topic was recommended by one of our listeners, so thank you all for engaging. Right, and you know, we explored a little bit of that across generations piece of our title, and uh, I think we really need to do justice to the first word, which is chai. And we've brought in some experts this time, two people who have easily had thousands of cups of chai in their lifetimes. That's right. We've brought in my parents. You'll hear from my mom first, and then from my dad later in the episode on the topic of what chai means to them, and we'll jump into our discussion in the middle. So let's begin with our first guest. Hi everyone, and namaste. I am Nikhil's mom. I'm happy and proud to introduce myself as Nikhil's mom. What does chai mean to you? Chai means connecting with people and cherishing the memories that you have with them. I love chai. If you want me to your friend, invite me chai anytime. One of my fondest memory is my mom getting up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning when she was young, when I was young. She would milk the cow by herself. She would boil the fresh whole milk, then she would make tea for us every day. I felt loved and cared for. Nowadays, my days start with tea and I also like to have tea in the evenings. I used to drink chai many times and any time. My favorite chai is Assam tea with cardamom, ginger and honey. It has the best flavor I have ever tasted. What is your fond memory when you think of chai? Thanks to my mom for sharing that story and sharing what chai means to her. Shankar, she asked us what our fondest memory is of chai. So I'd love to start our discussion there. Mine actually happened quite recently with my mom, now that You and our listeners have all met her. You know she's a big fan of chai. And she was staying with me the other day. And I woke up a little bit earlier. I like making chai in the mornings. So I made chai. And I woke her up probably five minutes before the chai was ready. And so she got out of bed, came into the kitchen, and there was a cup of chai there. And I could see in her eyes how much it kind of meant to her. And as she talks about, it's this feeling of being cared for and connection. I think I've maybe inherited that from her, Um, but it was a nice way for us to connect. And she actually called my dad after that and asked him why he doesn't make chai for her in the mornings as much as she would like. So I did not mean to get my dad in trouble there, but I may have inadvertently done that. Uh, But that that has been one of my recent fond memories with chai. What's, uh, What's one of your fond memories with chai? Oh, thanks for sharing that story, Nikhil. It's very touching. And 
As for my memories, I think I first got introduced to chai in Delhi, in fact, when my family moved there. Mamaji used to make chai in the afternoons and in Delhi it's a very common tradition it's in the winter afternoons particularly sun comes out and you would see everyone out on their balcony the ladies would be knitting sweaters and their cup of chai next to them and so that brings back some really fond memories in fact once in our family we read about tibetan chai and how they use yak butter and being mm. very adventurous we thought we could use amul butter which is of course not the same thing uh, the chai tasted pretty weird <laughs> that day but chai has always been a very central part of that kind of coming together of the family for sure especially since we moved to the north and spent some time in delhi and after i went to my undergraduate in bombay it was still a theme of going to the staff canteen with my friends between classes sometimes at the expense of certain boring classes as well to go and have a cup of chai at the staff canteen was a ritual which i still really mm-hmm. fondly cherish those memories and now uh, full circle my mom is in hospice and she's in a nursing home and one of the things she really likes is when i brew her favorite chai take it in a thermos and go there and we sit down and even though she can only drink about half a cup now we just cherish that moment together and maybe solve the crossword or uh, read her some poetry she asked me that uh, she wanted to hear some of her favorite poems again and I'll probably be doing that later this week yeah so it's chai has been that sort of um, constant element in so many of our interactions coming full circle right mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that it's such a beautiful visual to picture you and your mom sipping some chai and doing the crossword together <laughs> it is interesting right um chai is kind of central to both of our relationships to our mothers and creates these moments where we can come together connect and talk yeah um in the story i was sharing my mom and i also chatted over that cup of chai and had a good time just hanging out um chai is a vibe i guess <laughs> yeah. if, if there's no other way to say it it's a vibe and it, it sets the tone for for conversation and it's funny because for me it wasn't always that way mm-hmm. i have come to like it more and more as i've grown up mm-hmm. and a, as a kid i would drink boost or horlicks or any one of the other kind of sugary <laughs> indian drinks you'd get right. in my household but as i got older and into my teens chai became the drink uh-huh. and I actually remember um, a story where my family was hanging out with some family friends over a trip and there were four kids and uh, you know a lot of chai was being made <laughs> in a house with two families <laughs> but sometimes us kids would want more chai mm-hmm. so we came up with this little trick where we would just instead of asking for chai we would say did someone say tea <laughs> and just let that kind of hang in the air and more times than not one of our parents would hear that and say oh yeah maybe it's time for tea and they would make some chai so um that's another i guess fond memory that i have of it and and just shows right it's after we would have when we would have chai in that situation we would sit down and chat uh between our two families and between the kids and the parents so 
I'm just seeing this big theme of kind of bonding and connection coming through in both of our stories. Yeah, so touching. It's also so Indian to not ask for chai directly, but to say, did someone say chai? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so true. Now, I do have to bring out the big elephant in the room, which is okay. coming from South India. Coffee is king. <laughs> I hope you know that. Mm. Here we go. <laughs> chai is the... Is the new fad uh, on in a generational mm. sense, but yeah, uh, growing up in South India for me, um, coffee was the staple drink in every household that we knew, and chai was actually kind of a secondary, you know, option for if you were feeling ill or somebody mm. had some medical reason that they couldn't drink coffee. That's kind of how I saw it in those days. And as a rule, when I was growing up, you always ordered coffee in South India and tea in North India because the opposites were execrable. They were horrible. Mm. North Indian coffee would never appeal to a South Indian. And South Indian tea was not something that most North Indians would, you know, take a sip of. But it's interesting. I think with more travel, we've all grown to appreciate the great things about different parts of India and different parts of the culture and learn to, you know, prepare them to the highest standard and enjoy them. Uh, and in that context of coffee, I wanted to share with you a little extract from this book, um, which I've really enjoyed. It's called My Dateless Diary. Um, Ooh, okay. By Ar- Let's hear it. Yeah. And it's by R.K. Narayan. And mm. R.K. Narayan is the brother of R.K. Lakshman, who's a famous cartoonist. And those of us who grew up in India remember his cartoons used to appear in the Times of India. And he was mm. extremely popular. And uh, R.K. Narayan has this book, uh, My Dateless Diary, under which the subtitle is An American Journey. So it talks about his coming to America and his experiences there. I'll just read a little short bit because I think it encapsulates how fanatical South Indians are about coffee and how it should be made. So Yeah, please. Yeah, thank you. So Arkinaran is somewhere in America here. He's in New York. He's at a cafeteria, I believe. And uh, it starts off, uh, it begins somewhere in the middle of the first chapter. I picked up my breakfast and assembled it with deftness and had on the whole acquired so much smartness that when I approached the coffee and was asked, when I approached coffee and was asked, Black or white? Neither, I said haughtily. (laughs) The server looked up rather puzzled. What do you mean? He asked. I want it neither black or white, but brown, which ought to be the color of honest coffee. That's how we make it in South India, where devotees of perfection in coffee assemble from all over the world. (laughs) So (laughs) I just thought that is very funny. The the whole chapter is highly recommended to read as if they'd like to go and read the whole thing. He's hilarious. But right. I can tell you through our first several episodes, our listeners love your book recommendations. So we can add this to the list. Um, I definitely want to check out that book myself. It's funny, growing up, chai was the default drink Mm -hmm. in my South Indian household when I would go back to visit family. And maybe that speaks to the shift, right? With chai being a more recent development. Coffee, I like coffee, but it's a lot of caffeine. So maybe that's why 
it, it wasn't as popular, it became less popular in, in my family's household. Um, and just thinking about that passage to uh, Brown, <laughs> there is a certain tinge of brown that is perfect, yes. right? And we are always searching for that perfect <laughs> brown chai or coffee. Yeah. Uh, I started making chai in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and it it's honestly been a way to rediscover the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially after going to my cousin's wedding last year and coming back, I started making it basically every morning. Mm-hmm. So I have a bit of a ritual now where, uh, time permitting, most mornings I will um, make my breakfast and make chai alongside the rest of my breakfast. And I'll try to listen to some Tamil music or Indian music and... Uh, and make the chai in search of that perfect brown color. <laughs> um, and you know, there's something so almost spiritual about it. Because I feel like when I'm going through that act and making the chai, and I've seen my mom and my grandmother and all a ton of family members make it, I feel like I'm connecting to them, even if they're half a world away, as most of my extended family is. Um, and it maybe gives me some purpose, actually, when I start the day. And feels a little less isolated, but more as if, hey, this is something we all connect on, we all love, and frankly, we would be making together if we were in the same room. Right. Um, so I, I like that, and it has really deepened just how I think about family and connection. Um, and it's a nice bonus that, you know, I can make chai when my mom comes over and my dad comes over as well uh, and, and create a little space. For that conversation nice yeah i really liked the ritual aspect that you point out and i think there's a lot of depth in that shared rituals are how we right. remember connection create connection build connection right. absolutely yeah it's it's kind of a big tool right as we think about bridging the gap between generations right um that really resonates with me and is one of the big reasons it's it's in the title of this podcast. These conversations will probably happen over a cup of chai or coffee or, or something else. Right. I'm, I'm with you in also having moved away from coffee into chai. So although brought up in South India and loving coffee and being a coffee fanatic for many years, I used to get my beans and uh, grind them right before brewing it and that's the right way to do it etc but i do agree with you that chai is a lot gentler and suits my personality more now so i'm a convert and my daughter's gotten to it as well so whenever she's home we know that right around 3 3 30 in the afternoon is when we'll both look at each other and be ready for that cuppa and uh, she's also joined me on the coffee adventures so when we uh, went to India uh, it has also been a way for her to reconnect with Indian culture the very same way that you mentioned that mm. um, reconnection and in India there is in the south of India there is a particular type of coffee called Kumbakonam degree coffee and mm. uh, we went in search of the perfect cup of Kumbakonam degree coffee it's like the holy grail it's a special type of coffee that's served in brass tumblers you know the tumblers and uh, we had a very nice journey through Kumbakodam trying to find the 
best Kumbakonam degree coffee. So that is a nice adventure for her as well, going back into our culture and doing that together. And um, the great generational rift between Shivani and me centers around um, how long to brew the chai. So mm. I've brought her up that uh, it is three minutes and five seconds, but she disagrees and will stop it at three minutes. And this is an ongoing source of <laughs> great, great difficulty and disagreement. And I just don't know how is this will end, Nikhil. Yeah, I mean, this is a good discussion. I think the listeners want to know how we make our chai. Um <laughs> So, Shankar, you're saying after you put in the tea, you put in the water, the tea, do you put in any spices as well? Oh, this reminds me. I just have to share this extremely funny joke because the order okay. of adding the ingredients is so important, right? So the first time I made yes. tea, I didn't even know how tea was made. And you will laugh when, mm-hmm. I, when you listen to this. I set the pan, heated it up, and I added the sugar first. Oh, no. <laughs> that comes at the end <laughs> and naturally it caramelized and it was a disaster and we spent a good amount of time scrubbing that pan out but so the order is important i agree i learned it the hard way very important yes <laughs> now back to you <laughs> yeah no i i think um for me i start boiling the water um and then you add the tea and some spices and or you know other accessories I guess to it I go with ginger and cardamom as my main two that I crush and put in so it's interesting you say the generational lift is three versus three minutes and five seconds for me if I'm making a cup for myself I'll do three minutes if I'm making more than one cup I'll do five minutes so we might have a bigger generational rift even than what you and and Shivani have um and then once it comes to a boil that's when I add the milk and the sugar and I actually let it come to a boil two more times after that. So boil, let it simmer, then boil. Um, that's a trick I picked up from some family. Uh, so that is kind of what I use. Um, but I'm curious how you do yours and, and how you and Shivani navigate this, this big rift between you. Well, you know, when I first looked at your recipe, I was really worried because you didn't have the order of the ingredients listed. And <laughs> if you were the type who boils your milk in the water first and then adds the tea then Shivani and I might have had a very, very difficult time in continuing this podcast. <laughs> you know, it's just... It's, I, I'm so glad. I get it. I would totally get it. You you can't add the milk first. Yeah, that, that can't happen. <laughs> I heaved such a big sigh of relief when I knew that you had the order right. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and how do you... I am just curious, actually. So with you and Shivani and the, you know, do you just choose, okay, I'm going to make it this time. So you're going to have to deal with three minutes or do you negotiate with each other in those situations? I try to trust her that she will end up making a good cup of chai. Her defense is that she measures out a little less water than I do. And so she gets away with three. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we are both pretty supportive. Uh, As you know, the quality of chai, even though we aim for perfection, it varies ever so slightly around that. So right. a good part of the drinking is a discussion of how did it come out today? Was it strong enough? Was the milk just right? Was there too much milk? So there's a certain... Um, That's a great point. Yeah. Cadence to that conversation. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's, it's a great point. Also, the ratio of water to milk, right? Yes. 
two thirds to one thirds. You could do three quarters to one quarter, yeah. and it, you're kind of eyeballing it, it so it changes. But you're right; that is almost the first conversation topic <laughs> when we sit down to chat. Is how's the chai? Is it the right proportion of water and milk? Is it the right amount of sugar? Is it the right tinge of brown? Right. These are important yeah, questions. Very important. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what it's you build that family connection by accepting every form of chai that comes out together, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everyone has their own kind of personality with it or their own distinct style. Um, well, you know, the other thing that I this conversation makes me think of is that just chai as a gateway mm-hmm. into conversation, right? Yeah. And a table setter for conversation. And frankly, it's one of the reasons why we wanted to use it in the title of this podcast, right? right. I think I envisioned, and I, I imagine you also envisioned, a lot of these conversations we want our audience to have, or are hoping our audience will start to have with the other generation around chai or something else. But the power of sitting down and sitting with someone and having your cup of chai or coffee is, it's unlike anything else, honestly, when it comes to having these discussions, right, with other people. Absolutely. And don't we have something that your father has to say about this, Nick? Yes, so you all heard from my mom earlier in the episode, and now we're going to uh, kind of bookend it with some thoughts from my dad, who um, was very kind enough to share his perspective as well on what chai is, and um, I think he would agree that it is a really good way to bring people together. So let's hear from my dad now. So Appa, what does chai mean to you? Hi, Nico. That's a good question. It sounds simple but has a deeper meaning, I think. Choi may mean different things to different people at different times. When I think about Choi, it's not just a simple drink. I take it as a symbolism of personal reflection, connection with friends and family, and to reflect some important moments and memories in life. When I drink Choi on my own, I feel relaxed and can usually get my mind out of the many stresses in life. When I get a headache, I drink chai to relieve that headache, and that really works. When someone offers chai, that means they are reaching out to you. They want to be friendly. They want to know you. And they want to have a conversation with you. Same thing when someone accepts that chai. That means they are accepting of your acquaintance. They want to get closer to you and want to know you more. In the family or in the community with friends. Drinking choy together means connecting people with each other so that they can have casual conversations, which can be also meaningful and significant in many ways, from reminiscing memories, recollecting events, and also many times planning for the future happens over a relaxing choy time. You can go deeper than that. In history, Peace talks between world leaders have happened over choy or similar drink or food, and those things will continue to happen. We all know that technology changes and evolves fast in such a rapid pace that we will have more robust in artificial intelligence before we realize it. But all of that technology cannot change the fundamental human connection over choy. Nickel, you know, food and drink is always important for human connections. And choy is just a symbol of that. It could be any other drink. It could be coffee, it could be beer, 
But when people come together over choy or a drink or food, then they are connecting with each other and having a good time with casual conversations or just having fun and relaxing or they are involved in deeper meaningful conversation that leads to solving problems and even peace over war. So Nikhil, you see, choy is not that simple as it seems on the surface. It sounds simple in the literal sense, but really it has a deeper meaning in our lives. That's beautiful. Thanks, Bob. Thanks to my mom and dad for coming on this week and sharing their wisdom. Well, Shankar, I don't think I could have said it any better than that as we wrap up this episode. Yes, I agree. But I'm still looking forward to your peace offering next week. <laughs> don't worry, I won't let you down on that one. And to our listeners, follow us on Instagram at Chai Across Generations or email us with your comments, questions, or discussion topics at chaiacrossgenerations at gmail.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Our intro music is our own homemade rendition of a classic blues tune, Have a Good Time by Big Walter Horton. Thanks, everyone. See you all next time. <laughs>